Hey everyone, welcome back to Magical Mystery Tour. You'll notice that we didn't have a musical intro because my computer is gawked and it's not working anymore, it's completely brain dead. Uh, turns out if you buy a computer from Woucher like five years ago and it was already like 10 years old, it's gonna die. Um, so rest in peace to that computer because it fucked over this episode. Anyway, this is a special, summer special, I have a wonderful guest with me, a returning guest, AJ. Hi! And we'll be talking about all the summer movies that have come out that we've both seen, and a few others that I've seen and we'll just like mention briefly, but yeah, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode and a different vibe. Um, we're going to do a couple episodes like this, um, this summer, this one, and I'm planning on doing another one before September, and then we'll see. I think I want to continue doing this podcast and it will be like a fun um, chat sort of space where we can talk about whatever we want, whenever um, whenever I want a guest on, but I've also got something very exciting coming up with um, previous guest Sadie that may be taking up a lot of my time come September, but we'll see. So for now, let's just talk about this. I'm very glad that because of all the technical issues that we got to work, but okay, how's your week been, AJ? My week's been good. I went to go see Asteroid City, actually. Yeah. Me like, too. I rewatched it. <laughs> it's so good. It's it's a very well, it's a uh, that's a pretty good segue already into Asteroid City. Like I that was one of the things I did this this week and I absolutely love that film. Um I think it's one of his most interesting films, Wes Anderson's most interesting films. Um, what did what did you think? As I said, it is my favorite was Anderson, mm. which I don't know. I didn't know what to expect because I saw a lot of people come out of it and be like, "He's too was Anderson. Yeah, he's gone too far." And a lot of people be like, "I love this. This is amazing." Which I also saw with French Dispatch, so mm. it's an exciting career trend for him. I think something that I find really interesting is his last few movies post like well I guess few movies is just Asteroid City and French Dispatch post Isle of Dogs like have felt like really like he's been going like one like back to back like French Dispatch came out when we were still first year so like he's released two movies since we've started our course which seems kind of crazy and he's also got a Netflix like short compilation of things coming later this year like Wonderful World of Henry Sugar based on the Roald Dahl books um, and he's got another movie that he's shooting this year. Maybe so he's like, getting divorced. <laughs> he needs something to. I was gonna say he needs the money. He's I'm like, not. I'm not commenting I, on. That's people's, not speculation. I'm not commenting on people's love lives anymore on, I'm sure on this he's podcast. I'm a very happy marriage or something. Or something last last episode, Izzy and I went on a whole thing about Matty Healy, <laughs> and that thing ended in like two seconds after we talked about it. Oh and then God. also we found out that Matty Healy did a Nazi salute. So what? What a the Matty Healy situation? Sorry to have had this whole discussion about him and then yeah. you finish the discussion and then two minutes later you find out he's done a Nazi salute. Yeah, and we were like, okay, well, we should have been a bit harsher on him maybe. 
I mean, I was like in the middle ground on it, but now I'm like, okay, I solidly don't like the rat from Flushed Away, which is what we're calling him. I do really admire his career strength to pick a, like a brand of being like, I'm just a kind of terrible person and make that his brand. And I that eat, when he is a kind of terrible person. And I eat raw meat on stage. You see so many people be like, well, you know, it's just Maddie Healy. He just does these things. He's playing a character is like, what they all say. Okay. No, uh, I'm, I'm good. I, I, I'm just not a big enough fan to give a shit. Not to sound like a really old person, but I didn't think the 1975's music was that good the first time they were famous. Mm. And then they came back and I was like, they're just still not that good. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page about this because I just don't, like, I don't get it. I really, <sighs> sorry, I really remember listening I'm to I'm very like, glad that, that Queen like, Taylor has, has moved on. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's Asteroid City. Sorry. Um, I agree with you. I really liked the movie. I liked it even more the second time I watched it. I really um, want to get it on DVD. Yeah, especially now with all the streaming service shit, I'm not yes. taking any chances with that, especially with specialty movies. Like, no. I had a few DVDs before, but the streaming thing has also... And also just, I feel like... Sorry, it's so hard to find something on a streaming service yeah. nowadays because it's always on, like, the 60 billionth one that you yeah, don't have. And it's literally. like, what is the point of this? It's like, now I have to pay for something called Mubi. <laughs> What the fuck is movie? I mean, I know what movie is, though. Don't come at me, film people. Wait, but no, <laughs> I know what movie is, but most people don't know what movie is. And, like, if they want to watch After Sun, they have to go on movie. And I'm like, I also can't afford to spend £40 on the special edition from the A24 store, so, like, I don't know about that. Um, but I, re- I really liked Asteroid City. I wouldn't say... I preferred French Dispatch, personally, but I thought it was one of his most, like, interestingly structured films and I just love the fact that we have a like um like he's an indie director but he's also a mainstream kind of indie director a little bit like like, Richard Linklater I guess yeah I think he's like when we like talk about like auteurs and stuff I feel like he's the one people go to when you talk about that like oh my god like Wes Anderson because he's got such a like instantly like I don't mean this to sound like pretentious not not that I'm not (laughs) normally pretentious anyway but you pretentious what Uh, like I feel like people who watch movies more casually can look at his style and you know see that whole like TikTok trend for example and they can immediately see an example of authorship and not something more complicated so snobby about that TikTok trend my roommate laughed Mm. at me but I was like they're just not doing it right like have you guys ever actually seen literally I've seen some really appalling ones me too and it was when I'm begging you to google Wes Anderson just go on YouTube five minutes okay please for me it was when like institutions started doing it and it was like I don't know the fucking British museum was like like when when we steal other people's artifacts but Wes Anderson like like what 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 are we doing here like have any of you actually seen a Wes Anderson film but like I I, my my point is more I guess that like it's such an easily recognizable style he's got like an incredibly distinctive yeah and I felt like this was the most Wes Anderson film I've ever seen like from the colors and the blocking like watching like I want a little bit of a I've been doing a weird combination of a Studio Ghibli binge and a Wes Anderson binge at the same time, like, going through all the movies I've seen and I haven't seen, and like, watching, like, his early stuff where you can see his style come into play, but it's not, like, it's not fully either he doesn't have, like, the budget to do it or he's not as interested in, like, as meticulous of, like, a design, but, like, watching, like, 
Rushmore, one of his early films, and then watching Asteroid City is like night and day in terms of like how much he's leaned into his like I don't know. style. I think when you see the reason that I like watching his early work is you can see like the seeds of things beginning to sprout. Mm. Like you're watching it germinate yeah. and start to grow and blossom no, like Asteroid yeah. City and it's like, oh what a beautiful flower. But I'm interesting to wonder if and I like I've never read anything about this, but I don't know if like he was always interested in making movies like that or if he just decides like he started to become interested in making films more like Asteroid City as he got like older and more mature as a director I don't know I don't know that I do know that one thing I recently learned about was Anderson because yeah. I will confess to not knowing a huge amount about him I'll be honest me neither my roommate's like really big into him she was getting a Wes Anderson tattoo literally like the other day she got the apple from Fantastic Mr. Fox oh my god <laughs> I've been like oh, oh that I've like every time I see uh an interesting tattoo idea from a movie I'm like ooh I'm like that That looked good yeah um, I don't know if this is true or I've just been reading this article wrong but he is like from the Midwest and then mm. had this idea because his parents had like a subscription to like I don't know like the New Yorker or something like he had this idea of being like this intellectual in a big city mm. but he was in the midwest and he wanted to do that and i i don't know learning that about him i feel like made his movies make a bit because there is an element of try hard yeah so the wes anderson salsa mm. learning that he's like from the midwest which no offense to anyone who's from the midwest but yeah there's not many famous no things. i feel like for me it it makes sense to think about it from that perspective and think like to me that 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 answers my question basically about like if he always intended to be like that i feel like it's because he now has the budget yeah, and the like respect that and it's like no I, I'm and i anderson. to be clear i i'm personally i love most of wes anderson's film some of them i <laughs> i just like i don't i have there's not a film of his that i don't like Fair to enough. put it like in that way but there are some these films that i love I like us on my, like Fantastic Mr. Fox, Grand Budapest Hotel, French Dispatch. Like these are films that I love. Ones like Life Aquatic, I'm a little bit more mixed on. Like I like the ideas, but some of his execution. Like, did we need like nine homophobic slurs in that movie? Probably not. They were central to that. They movie. were central to the plot. We really needed Bill Murray saying the F slur several times. Like, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there are. Uh, this is a movie that is him at his most like confident and like control like he was like oh i'm just gonna make a a movie that is like a play a, like it's like a presentation it's expose like a, a of a play show about the making of a play about a play like, there's like four <laughs> stories in it yeah and it's it's even more like complicated in that way than French Dispatch which I feel like is a much more understandable concept of like these yeah. are just stories these are all the editors I, I loved French yeah. Dispatch I love it but I think the thing that sets Asteroid City apart is because I was talking about this the like learning that the student protests in the film were based off or influenced by the like 1968 uh, French student protests which yeah. obviously did have like very real goals and very real like clashes yeah. with the society and like the army that they're kind of like they go to fight in like that's a colonial power like it's very mm -hmm. like there's a lot there's just a lot of stuff there so love French Dispatch but I think it does bring back to this question of like what does Wes Anderson want what does Wes Anderson believe in mm -hmm. you know because yeah. it's a very ideologically charged moment in yes. 1968 yeah when you watch French Dispatch 
those student protests are yeah. not ideologically charged. No. I... Whereas I like Asteroid City, I feel like, is such, like, a poignant mm. thing about, like, grief and yes. stories and loss and, emo- like, it's so... It has a core. I'm French Dispatch, again, love it. But sometimes it's like, this is fun. No, for sure, because I, I do agree with you on that. Asteroid City feels like a movie that you could break apart and spend time analysing for literally, like forever yeah like there's so much in there that you could argue it's about or isn't about or whatever kind of by design french dispatch is a movie that i think in by its own nature of like being smaller stories it can't really delve into things as deeply as like astro city i i really like the way um that french dispatch is like structured I so that. I enjoy that I've been getting into reading a lot of like short stories and stuff I've got one in my bag right now yeah. and so I it was really fun to see that on yeah. film and to have that kind of energy to it and mm. I think it also allowed it to have like a lot of different like I found the first like the segment guys portrait of the city I yeah. found that hilarious sorry yeah, all those scenes where he keeps crashing his yeah. bike really funny the one with the prison guy and his muse oh that's excellent well, it's French Dispatch I loved that I thought that yeah. was like incredibly romantic sorry the one shot of her she looks at all the paintings yeah. and they're like it's all I can't remember her name they're all, it's all yeah. her and she like turns to the camera and it's in colour and you see everything yeah. or like like when they're looking up he's like looking up at the ceiling and he like gets the idea for his painting like there's so many like interesting like things with that or I really like the last story too like I think that one's really fun with like the animated sequence too. Like no, I think I, loved that. It, I think it's like I, I just think that movie's like one of his most like purely like fun movies to watch. Asteroid City, I think, might be one of actually I think it might be one of his funniest films. Like I laughed quite a bit at Asteroid City. And I also like there's there's just like I don't know I don't want to spoil it, but <laughs> there's one scene in it. Like that, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, the, sorry. All you said is well, there's say, one scene, the scene in it, and the that scene sure with, is a scene. <laughs> the scene where the, the I suspect there may be multiple scenes in Asteroid City, but scene, I don't want to contradict The you. scene with the green light. Ooh, yes, yes, that will stick in my mind for like the whole. Like I think like one of my favorite scenes of the whole year, guaranteed. No matter what else like comes out this year, that 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 one like the way I felt the first time I watched that was like a mixture of like creepiness and like like laughter and like cuteness and like I had a smile on my face the whole time I had a smile on my face for the whole movie that's my best review I can give for Asteroid City I'll be honest I cried hysterically throughout Asteroid City I almost even the second time uh, I almost cried in a scene with Margot Robbie in it oh god oh my god that scene like gets me just the way the score in it is so good the music is incredible like even though I would say for me overall Asteroid City lands in like the middle of Wes Anderson's stuff I do think that I'm, I'm just so glad that he's still making yeah. movies like this like I'm just I'm so excited to see what he's doing next like you were mentioning his Netflix stuff and I'm yeah. you know like love or hate Wes Anderson the yeah. next thing he makes you're always gonna google and be like yeah what's that I'm no. very interested in that and his next movie I think is gonna star Benicio Del Toro so Ooh. I'm interested in seeing what happens with that um but yeah overall we both really liked Asteroid City so that's one recommendation definitely to watch Asteroid City I'm gonna buy the book of essays related to it me and my roommate are gonna split it if you haven't gone to it, it yet the exhibition at 180 Studios like literally like around the corner from where we're recording right now 
incredible. They have like a full working diner. I was gonna say, don't they have like the working puppet used for the yeah. alien? Yeah, I've literally like I've looked, it's, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, um, next up. Well, I think we need to talk about the most, like, popular movie. It would be so funny if we did this whole episode. Yeah. Movies of the summer. We forgot about Barbie. Yeah, no, we've got to talk about Barbie. Because I... I assume... What did you, I'll go ask what you thought about Barbie first. I need to know what you thought about Barbie. Okay. So I, can... I absolutely loved Barbie, personally. Nice. And I, I say this as a really big Greta Gerwig fan, which I know is like a... Oh, we film student who likes Greta Gerwig, whatever. But <laughs> well, like... What <laughs> like, I... I love her as an actress. Frances Ha is one of my favourite oh, films. Man. I love her, like... I, I've loved Little, Little Women, obviously Lady Bird. I think all of her movies have become more and more confident in, like, how they're, like, told. And I just thought this was, like, the most fun, like, movie to watch, like, th- that I could think of, like, this. Like, out of every movie I've watched this year, this is the one that I had the most... Like, everyone was anticipating it. And I don't know if it was because there was so much hype behind it, but I just felt like the whole time, like... Like, again, with like with Asteroid City, I had a smile on my face the whole time. Like, it was so fun. Every new sequence in it felt, like, imaginative and creative. I just... I had such a good time. I think part of the fun, at least for me, was that it was such, like, a big event. Like, hmm. all of my friends, like, we all got together. We all made an evening out of it. Like, we got drunk. Well, we got ready together. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone was trying to find something pink to wear. I discovered I don't own anything pink. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I thought I did. had, like, some pink yarn that I crocheted, like, a neck ribbon out of. Yeah. And then I made my friend keep crocheting it so I could yeah. shower and get ready. Yeah. And then I wore that as, like, a necklace. Mm. But and we all went together, and it was just such a big thing. And you got there, and everyone's wearing pink. Yeah, like, that's fun. That's fun. I was thinking about that, and it's like this. We more- well, like this never like it feels like while I have my own opinions about the whole Barbenheimer thing, I think the joke got taken a little bit too far. Yeah, I do think that I've never seen like in a while I haven't seen a situation where like casual movie goes like this interested in a movie like they would dress up for it like. Like, Sadie and I are already, like, pretty big into it. But even I wouldn't, like, go to a movie and and watch it, like, most of the time dressing up or doing anything. Like, even for a movie I'm really excited about. But, like, for Barbie, I got my most, like, cunty queer (laughs) queer shirt I could think of, even though I didn't have anything really that pink. Sadie wore a pink cowboy hat. (laughs) She went basically as cowboy Barbie, and she she ate that look. Um, But I, um... We had like a, we had a great time. We went to the Odeon in Greenwich, um, so it was a lot bigger than the one that we norm- we'd normally go to if I was dragging her to a film, um, <laughs> or if I was going on my own. And yeah, there were so many people there, and <laughs> it was just very fun. Like it was a really like responsive crowd. It felt like it felt like everyone there actually really had an interest in it, and it wasn't like people being like, "Oh, impress me" or whatever, or yeah. like you know, which is kind of what how I feel sometimes when I'm in a in a cinema with again this is gonna sound pretentious a cinema with like more casual movie go it's not like a a Prince Charles <laughs> theatre or something <laughs> the fucking normies no I <laughs> just you know like cause if you're going to like I don't know a, even a picture house it's more likely that you're gonna be in a cinema with people who like know who the director is you know when what I mean when you see the price of picture house tickets yeah exactly. I'm not paying for them no, unless exactly. I can tell you the director's like star size yeah exactly I literally like having having like recently gone to picture house central for the first time i love a picture house oh my god what an amazing cinema like it's so 
incredible but i don't have the money we have a picture house right behind the station at finsbury park mm. and i went to go see bones and all there and it was really good and it has central heating especially good in winter so i did oh, hang out there a few times that that's a good shout actually kind of wonder through be like, well i'm moving out of central this year so i'm gonna be much like more likely to be going to like a picture house nearby because they're for some reason all the Odeons are kind of like concentrated within like a 10 minute walk of each other in London and then all the uh, everything else is like a picture house or a, a specialty or something which is nice but I have Limitless which is the only way I can watch <laughs> I can watch keep up with this many movies because otherwise I'd be bankrupt as a student again thank you mum for sponsoring my <laughs> my movie addiction but I um yeah no uh, back to barbie Sorry. like i just um i really I, I i was very impressed with it that said i've had i've talked to some people most of the people i've talked to i've really enjoyed it i've talked to some people who did not enjoy it i won't name names but <laughs> i i personally disagree but i can understand like there there's a way that i think the film became so popular before it came out because everyone was expecting something a little different from it and I thoroughly believe that what Greta Gerwig made is the movie that most little girls would have gone fucking crazy for if when they were younger and would have like absolutely enjoyed the hell out of like when I was talking to Sadie after she was like this movie would have been my entire personality as a kid if it came out like I would have made it my personality like it's so it's got adult themes to it but I believe that it's a lot of it is a lot of its messages are an introduction to stuff like feminism and the patriarchy and things like that and not like a a deep 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 essay into like womanhood in that way like I think some people would have wanted it to be a bit deep but I don't know what you thought about it okay so the thing is I liked Barbie I in the notes that I made on my way here on movies to talk about I have um, Asteroid City open brackets five stars I have Barbie open brackets four stars yes I like it I think it's a fun movie but the thing is I would not have liked this movie as a kid really because I just don't really care about Ken and oh okay yeah I agree with you on that I don't know sorry I'm, my roommate and me we talked over it and we were like it is a bit unfair because as you were saying it became such a big thing before it's released in a way it was never going to meet everyone's expectations no. even though I was very aware of that I do think that I was like unconsciously sucked in a bit mm. and so when I was watching it I was like oh yeah this is just like an hour and a half long summer blockbuster I, yeah. I don't know why I expected it to reinvent no, the wheel but, yeah. like it's a fun movie yeah everyone like I think ultimately, I think I need to watch it again because. Yeah. Sorry, my roommate was saying that um, a second, like watching it again, does help and is kind of interesting yeah. because a lot of the like Ken storyline you don't think about as much because you already know it's there. Yeah. Sorry, I just the thing is, her, she's got really in her being my roommate yeah. to watching Barbie movies. Oh, well, the original, yeah. Finished super early compared to everyone else in the flat and everyone right. else she knew. So some of my essays were written with her in the room to read mm. movies yeah. to me. And the thing is, obviously, they're not good. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're fun and nostalgic. Sometimes they're kind of bad. Always yeah. the CGI is awful. Yeah, always. <laughs> but they are, at their core, like, little girl movies. Yeah. And part of the reason, sorry, we were talking about the 
lesbianism of Barbie yeah. is that none of the men really exist because this is a movie about little girls and right. so she always has like a friend rarely a sister but she's mm. always got like someone mm. and she's like the other main character yeah and obviously I liked the Barbie movie it was fun yeah but we were watching it and I was like it's it's all the Ken show. No one cares yeah. about that guy. Don't, yeah. don't make me feel bad for not caring about him. I, I didn't have a Kendall as a kid. Yeah. Why would you buy a Kendall? Yeah. They're useless. No, okay, so I I do agree on that. No, and it's okay. something that after thinking about the movie more after I watched it became more of an issue that's for me. That's the thing. It's like not to be like spoiled no fun, but do you ever think about how like I don't know. Maybe I need to rewatch it, but it did kind of feel like Barbie's like side story was a bit. Yes, it gets a little bit sidelined towards the end, and then I feel like it it sort of comes back round to her at the end because it's like, oh yeah, it's like oh my god, yeah, this is the Barbie movie. Yeah, but so it's it's something that has like changed. Like when I came out of the movie, I was like five stars. Like I had a blast. Thinking about it more, I think I'd have to drop it down like half a star because of yeah. mainly the Ken stuff. I do, I also think part of this is just that I am, at my heart, a very negative person and a bit of a hater. Mm. And I don't, I don't usually enjoy a summer blockbuster, actually. No, I, I, I... So, I think part of that's just my personal taste. Yeah, no, I, I completely yeah, understand that. But it's also, the reason, like... But I'm, I did, I did, as mentioned, have a good time, and I liked a lot of parts of the film. Mm. I just think it's kind of like, I was like, oh... Well, the reason I understand, like, that point of view is because, again, I've talked to people who have, like, ha- like argued their position and mostly to do with the Ken storyline. And I, but, like, I completely understand it and it's something that I un- enjoy less about the movie. But I just think everything else that the movie does is done so well that I, I find it difficult. I do not think to cut anything from that movie. I think oh, they no. just needed, like, an extra 20 minutes mm. to, like, have more Barbie yes. in it. Yeah, I, that is complete, I completely agree with that. I, don't, I think if you cut anything out of the movie, That's you true. lose so much. Like, I, if they cut out, like, no spoilers, but, like, the musical sequence... That was I amazing. That was the best stuff to do with Ken in the I whole movie. Dying. I would have actually cried if, that we, if we never got that. <laughs> so, like, maybe just, like, another 20 minutes added to, like not only add more Barbie stuff but maybe flesh out a little bit more of the Ken stuff a bit more yeah. I think it would have been a bit more perfect and all-rounded but like I said this is a movie that ultimately succeeds in what it's supposed to do which is like what Greta Gerwig said a party that where everyone's invited like great love it it didn't have to be a it's masterpiece fun. it honestly got closer to being like perfect to me than I even expected from the movie because I'm naturally when a movie gets that high in anticipation I'm like in the back of my mind I'm like ooh what if people are building it up too much like it's yeah. this is too much pressure to put on one woman like poor Greta Gerwig but I think I think she succeeded overall. I, I'm excited to see like where her career goes just because I think she's gonna have to do like a really interesting job of balancing everyone's like thoughts about what a Greta Gerwig movie mm. should be as like a ladybird, as like a little women, you know, like mothers yeah. and daughters, yeah. and women and coming of age yeah. with because she does want to make more blockbustery Hollywood movies. Yeah, no, which, she's straight up said that she wants yeah. to be a studio director. Like she's got exactly. two Narnia movies lined up for her to do. Like I am excited. For I'm quite excited, and I'm not a Narnia person, I but I just say, love her. Narnia I love, kid. I love her vision. 
as a director. But I'm really excited to see where she goes with that because also I think, I don't know, it's just going to be a really interesting balancing act of yeah. people who want studio movies and people who want Greta Gerwig movies. Like, mm-hmm. what's the balance she's going to put out there? One thing she's got right now, which is very rare, is that she's just delivered like four quarters, like, loved movie by everyone big like box office smash she could literally make whatever she wants to do right now and if that's the narnia movie that's great but if she just wants to make a movie with a giant budget that's about i don't know some random original idea that she has that instantly one of my most anticipated movies like if she announces just original movie coming with like complete creative control i'll watch anything she does so like we i like overall we both agree we like barbie Another winner, but we're about to talk about the final movie we're going to talk about properly that we've both seen that is, I think, the strongest of the three, Across the Spider-Verse. Ooh, yes. they made me pit Across the Spider-Verse and Asteroid City against yeah. each other. They, they're going in two different directions. Yeah, I know, they're, they're, they're very different movies. <laughs> but, oh my god. Oh like, my god. this is, talk about a movie that, for me, could not have had higher expectations for me, because... I try to, like, check that stuff at the door, but, like, this is a movie that's a sequel to one of my, like, maybe even my favourite animated movie ever made. <laughs> so, like, I'm, I think, if not my favourite, it's extremely high up there near, like, Ratatouille and stuff like that. But, like, it's a movie that, it's, it shouldn't, <sighs> Into the Spider-Verse shouldn't be as good as it is, and Across the Spider-Verse really shouldn't be as good as it is. <laughs> like, and I say this as someone who's a big defender of, um, sequels in general because I do think pe- they get a bad rap when I think that I'm often a fan of the second chapter of stories in like books or like anything like that. No, that's fair enough. So I, I was think very people impressed. People have to remember that the best Shrek movie is the, is the second one. It's the second movie. Easily. You, know, you can make good sequels. Another movie did. that's one of the best animated films. Sorry, it's just my go-to like good sequel. But like I feel like we're talking about a a movie that even at its like, at its core, it's a sequel to, like, a spin-off franchise of, like, a comic Literally. book character. Of, like, like there's so many reasons why it, sh- it should be, like, derivative and super, like, uninteresting or whatever. And instead, it's so fresh. There's so much love that's poured into it. Like, every frame of that movie must have taken, like, hundreds of artists who really love their jobs. And every and like, every frame is just like so gorgeous. Mm. I think it's like especially I can't remember how well it did at the cinema, but I've only yeah. ever seen people be positive about it. And I yeah. think that's like kind of not surprising, but I do feel like we're moving into an age of superhero fatigue. I agree. And obviously, like Spider Man can counter that bit because he's like an everyday superhero. Yeah. But this movie, as you were saying, did not have to do as well as no, it did. It like, really didn't. And while I do think, for me, I see it less as super fatigue in the sense of, like, people don't want to watch comic book movies. I think it's more that people are sick of comic book movies in the way that they've been presented. That like, like, And I say this as someone who's liked a lot of Marvel movies in the past. You can look at my letterbox scores. <laughs> I think that people are kind of sick of, like, the Marvel Studios kind of model of it and the DC Studios kind of shit, where... If more comic book movies were one less frequent, but also I was gonna say one good, <laughs> but more along the lines of if we had like four comic, four or five major comic book movies a year instead of like twenty, Literally. and they were all not necessarily of the quality of Across the Spider Verse because I think that's too much to ask, 
if they were all of the same like creative like took the same creative risks that that movie does I feel like people would not have the same like say like what if Logan was mid but it still is su- it's such a great movie but I was going to say you thought if, Logan was mid no 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 no, no. It's, I, I adore that film but if like say you released Across the Spider-Verse and Logan and in this case this alternate universe Logan wasn't as good I still think people wouldn't have superior fatigue because they'd be like, wow, what an interesting new take on this stuff instead of the same kind of... St- I, that's yeah, what- I was going to say risk-taking. Yeah. I think that, that is, like... Because they're all... I'm not someone who really likes superhero movies. Yeah, no. So this is, you know... I feel like this is obviously just my bias. Yeah. But they are, to a large degree, it does feel very similar. Like, yeah. you know... And I think it speaks volumes that, like, we both really love this movie. Yeah. And, like you don't like superhero movies that much whereas I'm someone who has liked them a lot in the past like it's a movie that has a lot of common ground because we both like animation a lot we both like you know like those kinds of like stories that are more I don't know there's something about the movie that feels I also love that it feels more even though actually one of the small things that made this movie controversial is the fact that it is like like it's not controversial it's it's, to be clear this is like almost universally beloved film but one of the only controversial parts of the movie is its ending. And I think that I'm fine with it because I know that there's one more movie and then, like, this story is wrapped up. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's, like, you know, a sort of... It's not, like, a complete story in that way. It's different to, like, an incomplete story, like, from, like, you know, Marvel Studios sort of, like, oh, we're going to go on and on forever and we're teasing the next thing. This is, like... Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1 and Part 2 where you're like okay Part 2's coming that's the end of the story maybe this isn't but like I know where it's heading I know that this is I can watch all three of these movies on their own and just appreciate them for like what they are I can put them on a shelf and be like that thing was so fucking good right instead of being like that was good but I got confused because I didn't know what how that character came in from that TV show that I watched half the season of and then that blah 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 like like that is I think what people are sick of in reality when it comes to like yeah. superhero fatigue like, I just not to say that I saw this coming yeah but I do feel like so many comic book heroes the medium best for them is comic books yes because that's how comic book works you mm-hmm. have infinite multiverses mm-hmm. you know you have like different runs they're like yeah. oh we're restarting DC you know like yeah. I just Literally, so when they started yeah. bringing everything heavily to movies, I was like, I mean, this is fun, but comic books are the, like everything. Are the medium. I'm a big believer that everything has like its best medium to work in, mm-hmm. and comic book stories are usually comic books. Yes, yeah. but failing about animation. That said, I do think that comic books can be adapted into very good. Like yeah. there are many like comic book movies that I adore and I think are great. Sorry, not to slag off comic book movies as a whole, but yeah. I do think just the thing you're describing, it's like, yeah, I think yeah. it's systematic of them taking all of these comic book stories. Well, it's something that works in comics. Because films, it, it works in the comics. Because comics are in, inherently know one thing about, which is they know that not everyone, it's impossible for anyone to keep up with every kind of comic book. So instead, they all kind of take place within like a shared universe yeah. that doesn't really work in the sense that like, someone can show up and technically it's in the same universe but really time doesn't really pass because everything's kind of stuck in the same sort of family guy rules of like everyone's the same age no one like like 
with the MCU, the issue is that you also have to like deal with real time aging and a pr- story that's moving forward. So if you miss something, it's important. With a comic book, if you miss one comic, who get in like two years, it's going to be a different run. No one can, like it's about enjoying the story that you're reading right exactly, now. Exactly. Yeah, and I think in comics, like you can have a satisfying character arc. You can have like you have a lot of character arcs. Then then the next guy starts writing a comic, and he's like, oh, I didn't like that. And does and something he can just new. Be wiped. Yeah. Yeah. And like, in both good ways and bad ways. Yeah, Again, right. my favorite, personally, my one of my favorite comic book, uh, comic book like runs of all time is Matt Fraction's Hawkeye run, which they based the TV show off of. I didn't like the TV show. I was gonna say, didn't he not get paid when they based? And the also, TV they show didn't. Off of? Yeah, and they took a bunch of his, his, um, David Arger's art. I say, from it. I've seen bits of that because it is just such yeah. like a famous comic. Yeah, no, and I, I literally adore. That. Like, I, I love that comic book so much, and that was. Like it technically takes place in the same universe, but it's a reinvention in so many different ways. And then after that, someone else did something completely different. I still think that's the best interpretation of it. And it technically takes place in the same universe as like the Iron Man comic that someone did in 1990. But like, does it really? Like, it it's really the artist and the writer's world. Exactly. Like, it only takes place in the same universe if you, the reader, wanted to. Yeah, you know, which you is great. Ignore that if you don't like it. Exactly. Which you can't do. You just can't do in films. Um. And as you said, there's like real time aging, a yeah. lot of real time shooting. You can't just like pick up a story from ten years ago mm. and reboot it the way you can with comics. You yeah. can't just be like. We miscalculated and put something down. And what's wonderful is, like, what's so great about Across the Spider-Verse is that it just knows that. It knows that, like, this medium works best in the style that they're presenting it. And also, like, it's... It knows that if it wants to tell a larger story, it should be contained to that story. You can be like, oh, you like... Uh, you want to watch something that you'll enjoy watch these three movies that you don't have to see anything else of and that like have a fresh perspective on it they're all great hopefully the third one's great the sec- first two have been excellent hopefully the third one's great um, which is different it's just different to like a lot of other stuff recently that has come out yeah. that's all I'll say but back to the actual movie um, I thought it was I just I I thought the character development was even better than the first film. I thought we got to delve into them, Miles and Gwen particularly much more than um, than we did before. I thought the animation was somehow even more staggering. I think that's another great thing about sequels is because you've established the character. Like I think like book one is always here's the character. Yeah. Here's what they're trying to achieve. Like here's their whole yeah. deal. Book two is like okay here's where things start happening yes. here's, here's where the characters have grown up a bit mm-hmm. like I just sorry that, <laughs> that for me is why second movies tend to be my favourites because the first movie has to like set things up the third movie has to wrap things up the second movie can just really like deep dig down into who the characters are normally like that not to be fair there is an exception to this because while I absolutely and I think it's still a five star movie Two Towers Return of the King is personally my favourite Return of the King is everyone's favourite I yeah. will just say but Two Towers is the example that came to my mind because that movie a lot of it for I'm like halfway in Two Towers right now by the way we oh, yeah. a flat marathon of Lord of the Rings because one of Nadia's never seen it right. and she you know like never seen it she oh. knew like some things but she like 10 minutes into the first movie she was like oh my god the fellowship could die yeah um gandalf 
yeah. huge shock for her. Yeah. Like, I feel like Sorry, I... So just, I just feel like... Well, so sometimes people powers. will say it's such say, it's so good you meet you it's so good but like you I feel I feel like people sometimes someone will say to me like that I guess because I've told them like I'm a film student or whatever yeah. and they'll be like oh I didn't oh I haven't seen this movie or I haven't done that and they're like oh, almost expecting me to be like oh I'm like you have no idea there's no greater joy for me for when I know that a movie that I absolutely love you haven't seen and I can watch it with you I will be honest this is related to Barbie a really dark moment was for me and brief spoilers for Barbie yeah. uh, 2023 there's a scene where one of the characters goes oh I've never seen The Godfather yeah and the king goes oh no 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 let me start again and talk that, about that this was whole hilarious movie and, me. and I turned to look at my friends and everyone Every single one of them was looking at me. Yeah, and I was like, I don't need this energy. In my oh life. my god! Like that. That scene. I've was been hilarious. called out. Like I, I thought that was such, such a funny scene. But like I, I definitely think it's easy to even I like slip into that sometimes. But like yeah, no, sorry, I'm the worst for. Oh, you've never seen this movie. Let me explain it to you. Let me tell you why you need to watch this. Like oh, but I. I don't know. This is one of the movies that I would do that with. I'd be like, let me tell you why you need to watch it with me because I need to see your reaction because I love this movie. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I wh- whatever crack they're putting in this in these movies, I'm hooked Keep on it. Please, because like I just can't stop watching. Like I've seen this movie twice. I've also seen Asteroid City twice. I need to watch Barbie twice. But like this is the one that I feel like. I could watch on and on and on like forever for me even though it's the longest yeah it probably has a lot of that like as I said Astro City is great I do want to see it again but I want to buy the book to read about it and then go see it again Um, and that exhibition it's so cool Um, I'm kind of obsessed with how like he Wes Anderson keeps on doing these exhibitions at the same place with all of his new movies and I'm like thank you sir for doing it literally a two minute walk from my campus I'm like Wes you should come and, and visit by yeah. the way because you keep doing them here well he oh. lives in Europe so it's like, he on. shot Asteroid City in Spain which is I love that he was just like everyone come over to me like we're going to shoot in Spain not the US or whatever um, but anyway yeah we both really enjoyed Across the Spider-Verse um, so yeah, that was our like look at like three of the Solid. biggest movies this year. Yeah. I've I've also seen Mission Impossible Seven, which I thought was very very good. I was gonna say I hear if you like Mission Impossible movies, yeah. it's fun and amazing. It's very it's very much more of the same. If you don't like the Mission Impossible movies, you're not gonna love like it. If you love them, you'll love it because I went crazy for the film. It I still think Fallout is the best one, the sixth one, but this one did come very close. It's just a very um, timely plot about um, artificial intelligence, but um, and then obviously Oppenheimer, which I've also seen, which just blew me away. But I, we have, haha. <laughs> but I didn't do that on purpose actually. No, I, 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 I should have played that off. For laughing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're, we're terrible people. Um, I made the joke and you laughed at it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but I um. Yeah, I I, re- I really enjoyed it. Um, but we both have different opinions, I guess, I on Nolan. So. I've not seen Oppenheimer Gita, as you mentioned, my pre-existing issues with Christopher Nolan. Which we could unpack. I'm unwilling to pay for any of his films. We can unpack it if you want, but I feel like it'll go on for like two I was going to say, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, 
loved it I thought it was excellent very much expecting him to di- to direct the next Bond, Bond movie to be honest so we'll see he keeps on being like it would be great blah, blah, blah. he's doing it but like if he's not doing it then, then whoever owns the rights Barbara fucking Broccoli or whatever her name is Barbara fucking Broccoli her name is Barbara Broccoli what what yeah, yeah I'm not even shitting like, I just I, it didn't just pull that name out of my hat that's yeah. her name they're called the Broccoli is the people who are in how charge did, of the Bond movies <laughs> Sorry. I just thought he had like some grandson somewhere that was con- that like owned the rights or he- I don't know. Yeah, no. It's, it's I, I don't know how they. It, that's probably I like a whole rabbit hole. I bet you <laughs> Bond fans are like surprisingly like like they're really fervent, into like it. big Bond fans. So I'm sure if I've gotten that yeah. wrong, someone's gonna be like Barbara Broccoli Indians half the rights actually. <laughs> so I don't know. That's like the one I always hear such about. Such a childhood experience is going to random events and then they have like the biggest Bond exhibition. Literally. And it's like so in depth and you're like, I didn't know people were this into James Bond and people are that people into are James really Bond. People are really into it and I don't get it. It's like, did you need to look at all of the cars from these movies? I don't feel I didn't know I they were here. My brother wanted to go to Top Gear World. I say that as someone who quite likes a lot, specifically the Daniel Craig movies. Yeah. I'm just not a Bond person, I'm sorry. I it's kind of like Doctor Who for me. And he was like, I do think that, you know, he was like, oh, kids nowadays. But he was like, yeah, it was a big thing in the 50s because people were just kind of starting to mm. be able to travel. And so yeah. James Bond was this, like, glamorous cosmopolitan. Mm. But he was like, yeah, nowadays he's a bit, like, you know. Now I feel like he's he's in the same league as, like, the Mission Impossible movies or, like, the Bourne movies or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, when it's done well, it's done really well. Like, I really love... Um, Casino Royale and Skyfall and I, I really say, enjoyed I, like Skyfall. I really enjoyed No Time to Die but I think that was a movie that was just short for me of being like like it didn't there's nothing about that movie that feels specific to me to Bond I didn't hate it I think the thing is I really liked Skyfall because I really liked like they kept having all these tragic hints to his backstory and yeah. I was like oh this is so interesting I didn't know that you know James Bond had a family yeah um but they just kind of never did anything with that, which is fair enough because he's a very like episodic character yeah. because of the nature of yeah. the books and just who he is. I just kind but of love that he um, that the movie just turns into Home Alone at the end. Literally. Like they just like lace the house. I think explosive. we just need more movies where the genre is like, what if we just really fucked up this house? Yeah, well, the genre should be what if we just like mess around for a couple of hours and then end in like a Home Alone We've style got beat the up famous robbers. cinematographer out here in the Highlands, and we're just gonna make a wreck of this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, that was our summer movie special. Thank you so much, AJ, for coming on. Despite all of the technical issues and, like, scheduling stuff, but thank you so much. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. We've got another special coming soon enough, hopefully, that I'll do before, like, September. And then I might be on a little bit of a break hiatus for a little bit while Sadie and I set up, again, a special project that we'll see what goes on with that. Um, but... Either way, yeah. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. And this has been Magical Mystery Tour. So, Woo-hoo. bye.